0: It's going on and on We'll be driving through the darkest night Until the break of dawn We'll be heading for the cities Another show for us to play To get back in the back is tomorrow We'll do it, we'll do it all again
1: Hello and welcome to that one time on tour like to thank all you guys out there for checking out episode 1. The response was amazing. There was a lot of international listeners and just way more people that cared, I guess than I thought. So, thank you guys once again for checking that out. Um this is episode 2 and I'm very very excited. Uh I have been working really hard, a lot of late nights. You know, I've got small children. I've got uh my my son is almost two and my daughter is about six months old So the podcast recording and editing time usually is somewhere around two in the morning so, uh, yeah, i'm gonna get it done for you guys though. This is episode two And uh, my good friend gavin smith sits down with me and we talk about being on the road together When he was tour managing for the ataris uh, When he moved to indiana to help me with rock and roll summer camp and just all kinds of cool stuff like that so Please follow us on all of the social media platforms. Um, It's either slash or at TOTOT podcast. So uh, throw us a like on there, you know, comment on a picture, whatever. And please share all of this on Facebook so all your friends can find it and make sure you review us in the iTunes store, preferably five stars. So once again, here is my conversation with my good pal, Mr. Gavin Smith. Gavin, what's going on, man?
0: Swiss what's going on man long time no talk.
1: Long time no talk man. Yeah, I, I feel like it's been a really long time and I wish it hasn't been that long of a time, but it has been.
0: Too long man. I used to I used to wake up on your couch for months at a time.
1: Months at a time. It's a, it, I think it's <laughs> uh, hopefully this podcast doesn't stick with that theme because my first guest was Joel Green and he did the same thing for a while.
0: I know. I love Joel, man. I miss him.
1: Joel's a good dude, man. It, it's kind of cool that uh you got to know him because you were, you know, living with me and he got to know all my friends at first before you came because, cause he was living with me.
0: Yeah. Joel's a good guy, man. I did that. Uh, I did that cowboy angels tour with him and, uh, just drank a lot of sweet tea and, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a good time.
1: Sweet tea is where it's at. I mean, uh, you know, Joel is from the South and I lived in the South for a while and I was not ready for the amount of sweet tea that is in the South, but, uh,
0: you know, and you know what's wild about Joel is that no matter where you are in the United States, he knows like some underground barbecue place.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah.
0: And like we'd show up into a random city, and he'd be like, hey, man, like, I'm just going to break away for a couple minutes and go get some like, brisket, and you would be like, all right. <laughs> and it, and it, would, it was like that for every city we would go to or any town. He's like, yeah, this place is right down the street. And I don't know, good times. Strange fact about Joel Green.
1: Well, I, I remember I booked that tour for you guys, and I'm pretty sure that A few of the shows were in Tennessee, where I'm sure he knew exactly where to go get barbecue.
0: Yeah, the best part about that tour was you booked like a bunch of awesome bars and like all these great venues. And I wasn't even old enough to drink or get in.
1: (laughs) So so what did you do on that tour? If you couldn't actually Could were you able to you just sit in the van or like what did you do?
0: A little bit of, you know, adventure or I'd sit in the van, but you got to remember like that tour was cold. I think it was in February of 2010.
1: I I remember getting a call from you guys one night, you guys were in like uh, somewhere north of Nashville, like Greenbrier, Tennessee or somewhere. And they had canceled the show because they had an inch of snow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was a lot of that. And I remember like a couple of those shows too, like we'd show up to the one bar and there'd be one person there. I'm like, yeah, we're not waiting here. We're, you know, pack it up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the funny thing is, I mean, you know, you're from Pennsylvania, you know, you taught snowboarding for a while. I'm in Indiana. I was in Indiana at that point. Now I'm back in Indiana. So it's like an inch of snow doesn't shut anything down anywhere except in the South.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they panic and they don't drive and it's a state of emergency.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've done, you know, full Canadian tours in January So I don't want to hear anybody grab about an inch of snow in Tennessee. (laughs) Yeah, good point. Good point, man. So um, this is that one time on tour. This is my new podcast. You are guest number two. So uh, I hope you're excited. That's pretty cool, right?
0: It's an honor, man. I appreciate you thinking of me.
1: Well, what I want to do, I mean, you know, of course, eventually I'm going to talk to all kinds of people, but these first few episodes, I really want to kind of dive deep into people that I have you know, real, real life experiences with. And, you know, you and I did a lot of touring together. We got to be very close, you know, just like Joel, you came to live with me for a while. For some reason I was like dragging everybody to Indiana. I don't know why I did that.
0: No, I think I lived with you. I was, I think it was on and off for, what was it, about two years?
1: Two years. Yeah. I mean, you would go back for a while and you'd come back, but I mean, you were there through a lot of, you know, turmoil and different things that happened with the you know the Atari's and different bands that I was in, but you were also there for a lot of the good times and I don't know, I just feel like I want to start first off, l- let me start off when we met. So uh how about you tell me what you remember and like what was going on and and like if you remember the first time we actually hung out, I'd like to hear your yeah. your take on that
0: so i think if i remember it was 2009 and i was on tour with pulled with my band pull the pin but i was actually my band it was kind of on and off i either played guitar or i tour managed it was like depending on you know if the stars aligned it was like i don't know it, i was you know I, I played guitar with this band called pull the pin for a while and i left the band and then um i started hanging out with those dudes again and just tagging along on tour and they needed a tour manager. So it was 2009 and they were going out with the Ataris and
1: that was, was us. An East,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think it was an East coast run. I think it was from, I think it was new England down the coast to Florida and then, and back or something like that. Well, I know that um, you
1: you guys, we met up with you guys. Uh, we were heading out to bamboozle. Right. And then we were going after we played bamboozle, which is a really funny story about that, that I'll tell really, really quick. Uh, we played Bamboozle. Our drummer at the time, Jake, was super young. Right after we played, or the day before we played Bamboozle, we had the day off. Uh, so he flew home, uh, went to his prom, got crowned prom, yeah. king, prom king, and then flew back, played Bamboozle at Giant Stadium. And then at 7 p.m. that evening, we flew to South Africa. So it was kind well, that- of a crazy couple <laughs> days.
0: That was the year, too. It was Hoodwinked, and you guys were the Misfits.
1: Yeah, we did the Hoodwinked Festival. We did the Misfits yep. set. And then the next yep. day at Bamboozle, we actually played an Atari set.
0: Yep, I remember that.
1: That's cool. But yeah, I, I remember we met you guys, and we did a couple weeks before that happened. And then we met back up with you guys after, mm-hmm. after we got back from Africa, because I believe there was still, like, six weeks of the tour or something, at least for us. I know you guys didn't do the entire thing.
0: No, no. Um But I think... I think one of the first conversations that I had with, I think it was by the time we got to like North Carolina. So there were definitely some dates in between where there wasn't a whole lot of communication and it was just, well, you know, I, I remember,
1: I mean, you know, you guys were brand new on the tour. It always takes a while to warm up, right? but, and I don't really remember knowing exactly what you were doing because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a tour manager on that right. tour.
0: Well, that that was all handled by you. Yeah.
1: I was doing it. I was doing all the tour managing stuff, like, you know, advancing the shows and, figuring out catering and parking and everything. And, and so, yeah, continue. I I don't want to break in on your story.
0: No, 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 you're good. Um, but I, I remember towards part of that because we were always, we always would end up at the venue super early just because I'm kind of anal about stuff like that. I just, I like being on time. And, uh, I remember I would, you know, I was your main point of communication would go back and forth with you, let you know what the deal with catering was and if there were any requests on your part and, you know, any variables for the day you and I were texting, and then towards the like, towards the tail end of it, I remember you were like, "Hey man, you know you're already at the shows super early. Like I'll pay twenty five bucks a show to tune my guitars." <laughs> and I was, just, and at the time that was gold because we weren't making a whole lot of money. And well, I just remembered. It
1: I remembered, you know, I think the package in and of itself, money wise, you guys probably weren't getting your fair share, and. You know, you were the only. I mean, I I've, I connected with Brad and Rob and all those guys, and and you know Corey, but you were the one that actually you know hung out and sat and talked with me, and like we got I, I got to know you pretty much over those next couple of weeks, like as a really yeah. good friend. Yeah, and I always thought of you kind of as like a little brother. I mean, I hope that's not like derogatory towards you. No, I'm, I appreciate that, and I I like the fact that you might have been kind of green and not really knew what you were doing, but you were eager to learn and you were very, very hardworking. So I almost, I was, you know, cause I'd done a lot of tour managing myself outside of playing in bands. And I just, I don't know, I kind of felt like a mentor, if you will.
0: No, I mean, keep in mind too, man, I was 19 years old at that time. You know, Jake was 18. I was 19. <clears throat> so I was, you know, I was, I would graduated high school the year prior and didn't really want to go to college. And, Just started tagging along with some friends, and it was a way of being out on tour when I wasn't playing. You know what I mean? And 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 trying to stay involved. And the cool thing through all of that is, like Rob, Corey, and Brad are some of my best friends on the planet. And anytime there was an opportunity, it was kind of like you. You, They would give you know they'd call me up and be like, "Hey man, we're we're going out for a couple days. Do you want to come with?" And I always would, just you know, for the sake of of doing something and that that was that was a thing that rob actually dubbed he's like you know man you're, you're gonna be our tour manager and i didn't know what the hell a tour manager did you know what i mean it was just like you'd give me a list of like hey man you're gonna advance these shows you're going to count our money you're gonna make sure every, everybody's paid and, and go from there i was just like sick let's do this
1: well yeah and that was the same kind of way that i was like a lot of the things that led me to being in a couple bigger bands and actually doing a lot of touring you know, when I wasn't playing was the fact that if someone ever said, Hey, do you want to go on tour with us? I'd say yes. Just always say yeah. yes. You never know what it's going to lead to. I mean, you know, I played in Brazil. I played in undermined I was in the Atari's like right. you know, a lot of those opportunities came because I said yes to things that maybe I, sh- I wouldn't normally have said yes to selling, well, mer- no selling different. merch or guitar tacking or tour managing, something like that.
0: And it was no different for me because I mean like a month later, I got a call from you to torment you guys for warp Tour 2009.
1: So do you remember any, like, cool stories from the first tour that we did together? Like, before you were actually with us as, our like, a crew guy?
0: Any stories from that tour? I mean, that tour, I I don't. I'm going to be very honest. I mean, I think it was... I have um, an amazing
1: picture of you in Jacksonville, asleep in the venue. Oh, all
0: right. So I do remember... Yeah, so I remember that hurricane. That was the Jacksonville Beach. Yes. Yes. I remember that. And I remember, like, standing out on the beach, and, like, the Coast Guard was just, like, yelling. I was like, what are you doing? And we were just so excited for it because we thought the show was going to get canceled.
1: That was a big show too. And I think the thing that helped that show, I mean, we had a good draw, especially Florida was a great market for us, but that show in particular, I think because the weather was so horrible and a lot of the other local businesses had shut down that we had a massive amount of people there that might not have been there otherwise.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Because I remember remember walking through that venue
1: and it was just massive, man. There's so many people there. No, I just, I remember (laughs) that, uh you guys are pretty like wide-eyed and like everything was cool and fun and we were kind of the bitter old guys but then when i saw you guys having so much fun i had more fun i get it i mean so thank you for that because i think i enjoyed the tour a lot more but uh but yeah so um when you actually got the call from me to do warp tour with us um which there was there was a whole process behind that i mean you know i had to I, I was a champion for you. I wanted you to come out on the road with us because yep. I knew you do a really good job. <clears throat> we were doing the warp tour and you know as well as I do you need somebody to have your back in a in a situation like that because that tour is is brutal.
0: I was definitely not ready for warp tour.
1: I don't think any of us were. <laughs> plus we plus we did it in a we did it in a van, which was probably not the best idea.
0: No, but you know I you know I remember the most about that tour. I remember getting a call from you. I was living with my parents at the time and they were like, Yeah, go for it, have fun, whatever. And I remember I drove out to your house in Muncie and hung out there for a couple days, and then we split. But I remember prior, you and Brian asking, because I'd never done a West Coast tour at that time. I'd never been to Indiana. Um, But you would ask me, like, hey, have you ever been to St. Louis? I was like, no. And you were like, we're going to show you the arches. And then, well, we're going to Arizona. Have you ever seen the Grand Canyon? oh yeah was like, that, that no. was my
1: it, the cool thing about that was is that whenever we would drive because chris was already in arizona recording and we were supposed to pick him up and then head out to the warp tour dates on the west coast and we we're going to work our way back east and we never really <laughs> brian and i always you know whenever we'd have to drive somewhere it was just get there, get there get there but we thought if we left early and took our time we could actually turn it into this cool road trip and p- part of you know, talking Brian and, different, and Jake and you know everybody in the band into that was the fact that you were coming and you'd never been to those places. I'm like, oh, we can just like make this a family vacation before we get to warp Tour.
0: Oh, and it was.
1: <laughs> we saw all kinds of stuff, man.
0: I remember that water pump that blew out and oh. we were stuck in Gallup, New Mexico.
1: <laughs> you know, the I'm, I'm wanting to say probably seven, eight years ago, like the last time that I went, that I drove out to, I drove out to San Diego, and. I stopped in Gallup and I got a soda at that gas station next to the hotel. And I drove, I drove by the little bar. Brian and I walked like two miles to this bar cause we were so bored. But yeah, we were, we were stuck there for what, like three days.
0: It was, a, it was a couple days. Yeah. It wasn't, a bad, I remember it that. It wasn't a bad
1: place to be. It's it kind of hills have eyes kind of vibe.
0: Oh, uh, it was, yeah, it was terrifying. It was literally in the middle of nowhere.
1: Well, if you remember though, it was like, what, like 120 degrees. We're driving down the road in New Mexico and all of a sudden, we hear something and it gets really hot in the van and we pull off the side of the road and yeah, we have no water pump.
0: I hate to be like that negative guy, but like, I feel like from every tour that I've done, I remember all of the breakdowns more than anything.
1: I think the reason, I mean, I'm the same way back tours all the way back to when I was like 18, 17, 18 years old, I've had a lot of breakdowns as is anybody that does a lot of touring. And I think you, those stick in your mind because even though it's negative negative. You usually get really good stories out of the breakdowns. Oh,
0: yeah, hands down.
1: Because I mean, Gallup, New Mexico, nobody knows anything about Gallup, New Mexico, but we spent three days there and actually had a pretty good time.
0: Yeah, we stayed at like a, like a, we stayed at a TA or, yeah, we stayed at a TA.
1: I just remember we were waiting that last day. They said it was going to be done. Like the mechanic said it was going to be done. And we're watching Little House on the Prairie on (laughs) an old big screen TV at the truck stop. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. We met that one guy that like was, he was hauling horses and like, he didn't have any money for gas. So like we gave oh, him some yeah. money for gas. He was a super nice guy.
0: Yeah. maybe I he also was... remember, uh do you remember the petrified wood museum and that llama farm?
1: I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, uh yeah. what else? Man, there's so many weird things that we did on that trip.
0: Like every, I feel like every time we saw some random billboard, we would we had to stop.
1: What well, did did was that one of the times that we stopped uh, to see the thing? Do you remember that out there in oh, New Mexico? Find, we were
0: like, and what exactly? What is the thing? And that that's well, you, you know, see, that's the gimmick.
1: And yeah, and anybody <laughs> anybody that's made that trip, you know, out out west, has seen those billboards. And, you know, for like a hundred miles out, it's like the thing, come see the thing, blah, 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 blah. And you get there and it's a little truck stop and you pay your dollar or $2 to go through. And when you get there, it's just like a mummified child or something. Like it's not what they claim it to be some crazy thing. I don't even, it might've been fake. I mean, it's, it's a total roadside gimmick, but it was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I remember we got, we were in, I think we were in Arizona. I don't, we were, we were getting gas and I was the last one in the van. I got cornered by like those three dudes. And they were like, they were. I think they were like selling PCP or something. And The guys, were like, do you want some? And I was like, no. And then you showed up. I was like, Chris. And of course, you show up like bald head, skulls tattooed on your neck. Like, leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, like my dad there to save the day.
1: Dude, there, I've got a lot of stories like that. Actually, there's stories about how I'm sort of an asshole. Um, one time I was on tour. I'm, I think this was a Widow Jenkins tour. So it was like Brian and Joel and everybody and Aaron. Everybody that was in the Widow Jenkins. Uh, it might have been an Atari's tour. I don't remember what it was, but we were coming home. We drove all the, all night. It was like 7 a.m. We were at a truck stop. We probably had like an hour and a half to get home. And um, on that tour, nonstop, people had been like bums. that had been coming up to me wanting money, you know, wanting cigarettes, whatever. And I was so over it. And I had just woken up in the back of the van. And I was walking into this this truck stop, and this guy goes, "Hey, can I? Excuse me." And I was like, "No, I won't give you any fucking money." <laughs> and he goes, "Dude, I just wanted to know if you had a jack. I have a flat." Oh
0: no! And I felt like such a
1: prick, <laughs> man. But uh, we get Brian and I gave him the jack and helped him change his tire. So I guess I feel better that we actually helped him do that. But you
0: know, what my favorite—you know—my favorite part about that tour was that, like, in, the, in that era, and I know you remember this vividly. I, that was, this was like when Twitter first came out
1: Okay, and, yeah.
0: and, um, my mom had my Twitter. because so I was like updating stuff and putting pictures up and Brian put on Twitter that Jake and I were rolling on ecstasy at the Grand Canyon and blowing <laughs> on each other's shoulders. And my mom <laughs> saw it. And was like, I remember she called me freaking out and she's like,
1: I don't know what you think this is. Like, I totally, I, I totally remember that because I think there was talks about your mom like wanting you to fly home and
0: Oh yeah. She was just like, Yeah, I, I remember and we still bring it up. Like, I, I, remember, I can't like,
1: believe that your mom like actually likes me after all that. <laughs> hey man, you know what it
0: is? like they're super cool about it. like even during that time frame because I had st- I wasn't going to college and I was gonna tour, they were like, Hey, if you want to do this, like just you know, figure it out. Yeah, you know if that's what you want to pursue, then that's fine. But you figured out, and I just remember that phone call, and it wasn't even true. That was the best
1: part. Well, yeah, it wasn't true. We we were at the Grand Canyon. I don't think anybody was rolling on ecstasy. No, nobody was. It was, but
0: it was hilarious. And I just remember being like, "Mom, it's not like that." But it's
1: hilarious that that your mom would think that you would put something like that on Twitter as well.
0: Well, Brian did.
1: Well, no, but the, the, the fact that like you're rolling so hard that you're actually going to tell the world through social yeah, media. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, it's just funny. Cause I mean, I was a kid, like the, the thing is like a lot of the tours that I did was bef- bef- like, before I was even old enough to drink. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you, know you were I mean, like,
1: well, how old were you when you did the warp tour with us? 19. Yeah. So you were, yeah, you couldn't drink yeah. at all. I mean, I guess no. you could drink at the barbecue, but uh, you know, not yeah, legally. Was, <laughs>
0: no, no, I was, I mean, I was a kid and I mean, and, and even within the past, Four years, I've done two tours because I work and like life happens. I mean, you yeah. know is. You're, you're a dad now. Yeah. In 2014, Pat and Penning took me to do a UK tour.
1: Um, I wanted to get into that actually because I know did you guys, was that a headliner or did you guys go over there with somebody else?
0: No, I mean, they had gone over a bunch of times of bowling for soup and really created a name for themselves. When I went over with them, it was a headlining tour and it was with suburban legends and this band called The Hype Theory. And it was so fun. I mean, the big rooms, like we were doing the O2 Academies and stuff like that. Um, Those are
1: great venues, man.
0: They are, man. And every show with them, they did. They would do VIP sessions for their fans. And the thing, it was weird to go over there and and see. And this isn't to bash the states by any means, but kids over there still give a shit about music.
1: Yeah, I can see that. you,
0: You know what I mean? And like i don't know i i don't probably put as much focus into a show anymore of like getting tickets like oh, if i'm in the area you know and there's stuff available maybe i'll go to a show and that's pretty lame on my part
1: dude i'm, I'm just as, th- wait until you get older i'm just as lame and it's not <laughs> it's not the fact that i have kids it's like you know lucero was playing a while back and they're one of my favorite bands i was like oh i could totally go see this this show and and then i totally forgot about it and like the day of the show i had clicked that i was going on facebook and it reminded me but I had no way to go. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I think maybe a lot of it, it might be the same for you, but you've done so much touring and you've been around music so much that it has to be something that you almost can't live without seeing to actually go and spend the money.
0: I'll agree with that. And it's got to be the right band. And
1: well, like someone asked me the other day, they're like, oh man, they tagged me on something on Facebook. They said, dude, Metallica is coming to Indianapolis. And I was like, yeah, I've seen him 15 times when they were good. So I mean, no, no offense. I love that band. That is the band that got me playing guitar. That is like my band. But I'm not gonna spend 120 bucks for nosebleed seats at an arena when I've seen them. You know, I, I saw them with Jason Newstead back in '88. Like I, I don't need to go see them.
0: I wasn't even born yet.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy, man.
0: It's wild. But yeah, I mean, and then the last tour that I did was um, this past. Um, uh December I did a, a short run Pat and Penning brought me out again with uh with Simple Plan and hit the lights and I uh, did some makeup dates um from the hurricanes that hit down south like throughout Texas and and you know some of the weather made it's way up to Tennessee so we did some of those some of those shows that had been canceled on the original run Um, but it was a good time. I mean, it was, it was still a lot of fun. I love those guys. Every opportunity. I mean, a lot of the, the, the bigger tours that I've done were with Pat and Penning and Rob, of course, from Pat and Penning was in pull the pin with with me.
1: Rob also, uh, infamously had drums thrown at him when he played in the Ataris. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring it up, but... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm not talking shit. I'm friends with both guys. It's pretty funny. The one thing I was at that show. I was at that show in Asbury Park. The one thing that's funny about that, and like I said, we're not going to talk shit on anybody because it's water under the bridge, but I will say the thing that I was upset about with that is that when that happened... People thought it was you. People thought it was me because Chris Rowe, the singer of the Ataris... Shout out to Chris. What's going on, man? His name starts with a K. My name is C-H. So when that happened, I had a lot of friends that maybe were just stupid, I don't know, but they thought it was me. And I mean it was on TMZ, it was everywhere. So yeah. and if nobody knows what we're talking about, I'm not going to tell you really what it is. You'll have to just do some hunting. But, sure. But yeah, a lot of people thought it, it was me. It won't be hard. Yeah, it won't be hard. <laughs> um people thought it was me and they were like sending me texts and like Facebook messages like, "Dude, you're such a prick." I'm like it wasn't me like, can you not spell? And plus I haven't been in the band for like four years.
0: I remember though, I was at that show and I remember watching Rob drumming and I was just like, I maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I was intoxicated myself. <laughs> Probably. And uh, I remember being like, damn, he's killing it. And then like, of course, whatever, you know, you know, ch- Turn you know chain of, turn of events whatever yeah, and then I remember calling you after and being like you're never gonna believe what just happened oh well, yeah and that was like well the 1 cool thing in what, the, morning. the
1: cool thing was that you called me told me what happened so like i actually found out about everything before it hit the internet and the shit storm that happened once it hit the internet but i mean i
0: remember it was one of those things he called me like the day of he's like hey man uh we're playing asbury Park. i live like an hour and a half from there yeah and uh he's like yeah we're playing we're playing asbury park if you want to come down and hang out that'd be great and of course rob was on and off with the ataris and, and doing his own touring that i hadn't really at that time he was touring a lot and rob's one of my best friends so anytime that he was around, I would try to, I would try to hang out or, and, you know, he would always, you know, put me on some kind of list and we can go hang out and get dinner or whatever. But yeah, good times.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how we, we went totally away from like us hanging out and touring to something that neither one of us really had anything to do with, but was kind of Oh, funny. that's
0: okay. That's still a great story, but let's, let's, we can rewind. Um, yeah.
1: We were indirectly involved in that, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah so we can take let's take it back to uh to 2009 because i have some pretty awesome stories from warp tour
1: yeah so you so i got a hold of you I, I you know we figured it out gavin we want you to be our tour manager we're going on warp tour you know what happened after that
0: so i remember yeah you you took me all of every crazy roadside uh, attraction in america and then we met up with chris who was recording with with bob
1: yeah out of flying um,
0: blanket in mesa yep and we were kind of There was some recording going on for, I think, Graveyard of the Atlantic. Is that right?
1: Yeah, the uh, Chinese democracy of the punk rock world.
0: (laughs) And uh, I remember listening to some demos out there, and it was pretty cool. And then the studio was amazing, man.
1: We had had such a good good time that day. We went to the studio and got to see everything and hear it all.
0: Uh, another thing too. So Joel Green might be the might be the um, the roadside barbecue encyclopedia, but Chris Rowe is the roadside Mexican sort food of encyclopedia. <laughs> can I can and I tell I re-
1: a can I tell a really quick story? I think you were Absolutely. actually you were I think you were with us when this happened. Maybe it might have been a different tour, but uh, <laughs> and if Chris hears this, he's gonna laugh too. Um, the best thing Chris Rowe ever said to me, and it made me laugh so much, is we had just pulled into El Paso, Texas, and uh, Chris is like, "Oh man." there's the best taco place here I've ever had tacos in my entire life. And I'm like, well, what's the name of it? We should go get tacos. And he's like, I can't remember the name of it. He's like, get your phone out and Google El Paso tacos. (laughs) So so then I said, really, you want me to Google El Paso, Texas and tacos? It it was like 8 million hits. I just I don't know if anybody else thinks that funny. I just think it's funny. It's like, hey man, I want to find my favorite pizza place in, in New York City. Put New yeah. York City pizza and then Google that. Good luck. And shout out Chris if you're listening. That was hilarious. You might not remember it, but I remember it very fondly.
0: I remember it like we would we would be you know cruising through the Southwest and we'd just take a random exit and you would be like, there's a there's a great taco stand over here. Like literally stand like in some podunk town and in an old trailer. And he was right. And it was always like some really good food. So, but I remember, you know, stuff like that. Um, I remember <clears throat> San Francisco Warped Tour in 2009. Oh, great and story.
1: I know where you're going there,
0: with this. There was a, so I, I, if I remember correctly, and I might not because this is 10 years ago, I, there was like some kind of noise ordinance and the schedule got changed or backed up.
1: Well, well, normally, if you're the first band on Warp Tour in, in most cities, I won't say all cities because you're getting ready to tell the story, but in most cities, if you're the first like opening band, and, and the schedule changes every day. It could be Us one day, Bad Religion the next day, No Effects the next day. Right. There's really no headliner on that main stage. It's right. just kind of the luck of the draw. And that's what's so great about Warp Tour. There's no rock star bullshit, you know? But, uh yeah, the, normally the bands would start, to think, at like 12 or like 12.30. And, and that
0: day they start at like 11 or like 1030 or 11. And yeah, it was, we it knew was early. we
1: knew that we were first that day, but we were still at the hotel.
0: <laughs> and uh, I remember because I would cruise down there for usually Jake and I would go down there first and we'd get breakfast. We would kind of like scope out the area. And I remember Margo was doing merch for us and she yeah. was also traveling with the scenic, the scenic. That's it. Yes. Who
1: were basically our they were like our road crew crew. Uh, and they were on the tour playing a small stage, but they didn't get catering, yep. catering or anything. And so I I hooked that up too. I was like, hey, if you guys are our crew and like set up our guitars and do all that, the side work we will give you guys laminate so you can get food.
0: I remember that. So we would like check in with Margo and she'd be setting a merge and counting in and stuff like that. So, you know, daily morning stuff, whatever. I remember calling you guys and being like, hey so you're on and I don't remember the time
1: it was like 15 or 20 okay, minutes it was, it was
0: not good and it was and like
1: you know like basically in a really busy kind of it was down you're talking by,
0: San Fran, you're talking San Francisco San traffic.
1: Francisco and the place it was down there at that pier or wherever where they had warp tour which, which was close to the the bridge that went to Oakland so it yep. was it
0: was a busy area so I remember like the clock is ticking and I'm panicking and all of a sudden because you're because so we had the van, and Chris had a rental car.
1: Yeah, Chris had a rental Do you remember car. Remember that?
0: Yeah. So Chris had his rental car, and he we were waiting on him and Brian. And I remember he was up on that bridge. Sorry, was my dog. <laughs> What's <laughs> up? <laughs> um. So. I remember running into traffic and them getting out and me sitting in traffic with the car. Well, that was the thing because
1: we knew that we could run to the stage. Everything was set up. The guitars were there. And that's why I'm glad we had a crew for that tour because everything was ready to go. They even did sound check. So you come and you're like, I'll sit with a car. Go. So we just take off as fast as we can. We got there five minutes late. We did a full set and everything worked.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that vividly, and I just remember sitting in traffic
1: I think and waiting. You, I think you parked and got there for like the last song. I, if that, if, if that, you might have been there all day. I don't know.
0: It was it was crazy though. I remember just sitting in traffic. But even so, rewind. We were in L.A. We're in Pomona. This is days earlier, and I remember you and Chris. Went out for sushi. You, you went out for sushi. <laughs> well, and I listen, you
1: cr- we, here's here's what happened. It it ended up being going to get sushi, which kind of made some people mad because it was, you know, it was the pre the day before warp tour starts where you do like the rehearsal day. And so Chris and I originally were going to go have lunch with Mr. Brett from Epitaph because I, Epitaph I I Epitaph that. had shown interest in putting out the new Atari's record. And we got everything set up and Chris is like, you know, you're doing some business with me, you know, you're kind of handling stuff. So I'd like you, you and I will go meet with Brett and maybe go to Epitaph and see if it's going to be a deal we want to take, or if they're even interested in doing a deal. So we leave and like five minutes after we leave, we get a call. Oh, it's, it's, it's off. You know, something came up. We can't go see Brett. We can't go to Epitaph that day. And so Chris is like, well, why don't we just drive to Studio City and get sushi at my favorite sushi place?
0: <laughs> no, but, but but so I wasn't I wasn't even going to jump into that. But uh, I was, I was just
1: it, I'm just I'm being totally transparent on this podcast. No,
0: no, no, no. It's no the funnier part. I mean, it's not funny, but I remember you calling me and being like, dude, I'm stuck. Like we're stuck in traffic. Like we're not getting back. And I'm oh, like, yeah, because okay. we,
1: we were planning on even though we were going to, you know, hang out with brett and go to epitaph or whatever and get food we were still planning on being at the rehearsal
0: but do you remember why there was so much traffic and why you couldn't get back
1: yes i do remember and i'll i'll tell that story right now because i have some amazing pictures that i'll have to put up with like the show notes from this podcast but not uh, only that but like michael jackson died that day well that's what i'm saying michael jackson died (laughs) and we realized we realized the traffic was worse than normal LA traffic. And we also realized that we were like two miles away from the LA medical center. Yeah. Where he was, where he was. So we, we got off the freeway and went to the LA medical center just to drive around and like E entertainment news was there. And there were people outside with like, you know, dolls of michael jackson and signs and it was the craziest <laughs> thing i'd ever seen in my entire life but yeah i forgot all about that michael jackson died that day and that i was, was in a
0: del taco i was looking like a del taco with brian and jake i just remember I that across the street time.
1: across the street from our hotel there was an in and out which was amazing yes
0: there sure was
1: <laughs> and you guys you guys also i don't know if it was that night or the night after that i think it was that night finch was playing a show down at, at the glass house at the glass house yeah and you guys all went and saw finch and i stayed at the hotel and watched true blood on my ipod
0: well that was also we were out swimming at that pool and we met the dudes from the exposed we met the guys from I, the
1: exposed yeah who
0: i still who i still you know i mean of course i mean they're not a band anymore but i loosely like hit those guys up on instagram to say hey how are you and i'm still friends with, so with
1: those or... guys on facebook too and i'm pretty sure that uh that uh they're going to my i think maybe mark's going to be a guest i haven't really talked to him a lot about it but i'm going to try to get those guys on here too
0: sim sim put out an acoustic record and was doing some stuff with chuck reagan and it, i think he lives in california now but um but i remember meeting those dudes because we went with them to that, that was the warp tour i think that was like the opening party
1: yeah with totally. finch
0: at the glass house it was and finch and somebody, who was the down. other
1: band it wasn't just finch or somebody <sighs> i don't knows. remember but I just remember that I was really into true blood at that point, And I had the entire first season or second season on my iPod. And I started watching an episode. Then you guys were like, let's go see Finch of the glass house. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to chill. <laughs>
0: do you, do you remember when we went to Dallas and we pulled up to that hotel and that guy in the wheelchair had two guns on his lap and like greeted us.
1: <laughs> I, I, I remember that, that whole thing. Yeah. We were in Dallas. Um, there was something, there was some show, some show that, that the gallows or somebody was playing and, like, Henry Rollins was supposed to be there. Do you remember that? I don't. Well, and I just remember that, like, we were going to go see Henry. And because I'd spoken to him a couple times. And, like, he he thought it was cool that, you know, in the Boys of Summer, the Atari's cha- Chris changed Deadhead sticker to Black Flag sticker. So that was my in with Henry Rollins. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. Let's talk and be best friends. And, and it didn't really happen. I. I've invited him to Christmas a couple of times and he always sends me an email back and he goes, Hey Chris, thank you very much, but I'm going to be in Southeast Asia. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I remember like we were at the motel six in Dallas and we went down to the pool and motel sixes are normally kind of sketchy anyway, but this one seemed particularly sketchy. And there was a guy in a wheelchair and he had two what like glocks
0: uh he i just remember him greeting us at the van and he, he was a nice guy Sup- oh he was super, super nice. friendly yeah like super he, friendly. he
1: wanted to hang out and like be our buddy but i was a little freaked out because he had two guns on his lap and like and
0: that's not an exaggeration that's not just make like there's no that's the absolute truth
1: <laughs> yeah that's the absolute truth like i remember walking to the pool and he goes hey what's up guys and we're like, "Hey man, what's going on?" And I glanced down. I'm like, "Holy shit. He's got two <laughs> like pistols in his lap. Like he's ready to go at any time." I, maybe in that part of Dallas, that's just what you do. I have no uh, idea. But uh, I'm not sure. That was that was a unique experience. Yeah. <laughs> I just yes. remember I remember at one point we were trying to we were trying to see if Motel 6 would give us free hotels for life if we all got the logo tattooed on us. Because we stayed in Motel 6's every night. And Chris Rowe had an amazing, like, thing that he figured out. There's a time between the night shift and the day shift where if you get there right in between when it shifts over and you get your room, that you literally get the room for, like, two days for the same price. Because it's like, you know, if you get there and you check in at noon and then you have to check out the next day before, like, 11. But if you get there at, like, 4.30 in the morning then you have it from 4.30 all the way until the next shift, and then you've got it all the way till the next day at 11. So you literally get almost like a day and a half for the price of one day.
0: I remember you would tell me a story like you were in chronic chaos, and you would go to go to a hotel lobby or like a Motel 6 or anything, and you'd ask them to see the room
1: first. They always used to and, do that. I mean, and that's, yeah, that's and something you, that I don't know how we figured it out, but you could like, I'm not really sure if I want to stay here. Can I see the room? And then we would always, you know, One of us that didn't talk to the people at the front desk would go in the room with us. They would stay back. We'd go give the key back. And then after that, they'd let us back in and we'd shower in the room.
0: (laughs) Super clever. I get it, man. I get it. I totally get it.
1: I mean, we used to go to McDonald's and find receipts in the trash and then go inside and say they messed up our order and they'd give us free food. Like, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah. So okay, so we so we did the the trip out west. You got to see the Grand Canyon and everything. Your mom freaked out about your Twitter. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> and then so let's let's hear some some warp tour, like other than just you know the drives and and people with guns. Like how how was it for you actually, you know, going every morning and you know settling and and you know just figuring stuff out on that tour because that that is a brutal tour. There's a lot going on.
0: The thing is though, man, <clears throat> and you know, I've always heard mixed reviews about Warp Tour and I, so my, I played in a band when I was a teenager, I was 16 years old, played called Nothing Comes Free. And I want to battle the bands and got to play a date on Warp Tour in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And, you know, had grown up going, my dad took me my first year, I think it was like 2002 or 2003. Like right when, like when, when, um, you know, really when the Ataris were peaking and things were good. Um, but I mean, that's a tour that when you're on it, like, I remember being super young and kevin lyman being super cool if you ever had any questions like there was no big there's no band that was bigger too big or too small to for for their staff to help out and i was a prime example because i didn't know what the fuck i was doing and i remember going in to fill out paperwork and, and ba- basically getting our 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 meal passes and, and and going through the the meetings early on because as you know you have to be at warpshire a couple days prior and its meetings.
1: Yeah, there's meetings you know I mean? and there's like I said the rehearsal and they yeah. set up the stages and they figure out all the, the everything. They have to, I mean, It's like it's,
0: the logistics behind it. It's a, it's a
1: it's a city that they pack up every day and then rebuild every next day. Right. I mean, it's insane. The logistics of it is crazy.
0: And I remember like meeting up with accounting and then being like, "Oh, these were the arrangements that were made and we need this number and, and all this other stuff." Like the, you know, the legalities behind a band that is actually a business. And I remember calling you and being like, dude, I don't know what the fuck. Like, they're speaking Spanish as far as I'm concerned. And I remember you walked me through that whole process and made sure that that was good to go. Because, of course, that was something you've been doing for years.
1: I mean, um, it's it's still not easy, though. I mean, because <clears throat> when you're in a band like the Ataris or you're in a band like, you know, Chronic Chaos or Pull the Pin or Patent Pinning or whatever, you know, you're not always going to be on a huge tour. So some tours are just, you know, cut and dry handshake deals. And then right. some, some tours, there's insurance and there's tax ID numbers and there's all kinds yep. of crazy stuff.
0: Exactly. And that was a part of it that I had no idea about clearly. Well, you, you, know did, you did a and, good job. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You took a lot of the work later. away from me. I, I got that tour was amazing for me. I'm just going to, I'll let all, the, you know, the 10 listeners that we have <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that tour, I had someone that set my guitar up and tore it down every day. I had someone that changed the strings and tuned it and cleaned it. I had someone to do all the business and I had someone selling merch. So for that tour, I got to play my show and then do anything I wanted the rest of the time. It was amazing.
0: I remember that tour. Like the the cool thing was the Atari's hadn't done warp tour in years. And the shows were huge. I mean, that was the first time that I had really. I mean, the California dates were insane.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I remember in like Pomona, we played right after Under Oath, and that was Under Oath was killing it at that point too. Yeah. And I I remember I think we were sandwiched between like Under Oath played, we played, and then Thrice played. Yep. So you know, Under Oath gets done. They came off stage and like, hey, good job, guys. You know, and like, and then nobody left. I I thought. I mean, Atari's had a draw, is California. I mean, that's one of the best markets we have. But the fact that, like, you look out at the sea of twenty five, thirty thousand 30,000 people in Pomona for under oath, and then, oh, nobody left. And yeah. I always thought, well, is it maybe they really, really like us, or maybe they just didn't want to lose their seat because thrice was coming up? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> there's always thoughts but- of that. Because then there was one day where we were, like, sandwiched between no effects and bad religion. And yep. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is a huge crowd, but maybe it's because these people were like, it's like an Atari sandwich. They wanted to be here for no effects. And then they wanted to be here for bad religion. So, you know, who knows?
0: I forgot no effects. Well, I don't, I didn't forget that. Cause the first day I was unloading and fat Mike was behind me. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. And he just yelling, he's like, where is Chris?
1: <laughs> yeah. He's at the hotel, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. man.
0: But, I was like for what it's worth, I'm a big fan. I'm sure you hear that a lot. And he like gave me a hug and he's just like, Thanks, buddy. I, like whispered in my ear.
1: Well, I remember like we, we got to hang out quite a bit with uh the anti flag guys. They were they were super, super cool. And they, they actually yep. played that Hoodwink Festival. They would well, they do the clash?
0: Ah, uh, they did, yes.
1: Because I remember they played like right before we did our Misfit set. Yep. That's really cool, man. I'd I i have not thought about Warp Tour in so long. It's so nice to talk to you
0: oh man i missed you i gotta get out to indiana i keep saying that i say it every year i have i think what was the last time i saw you
1: well i mean i just last year moved back from gulf shores alabama to indiana and i don't think i'd seen you the whole time i'd been down there and i I lived there for a good five years maybe i saw Uh,
0: you i did rock and roll summer camp with you 2010 or 11 I think it was 11. And then I moved back to Pennsylvania.
1: Well, I'll I tell you what. I'm doing rock and roll summer camp again, and I'm going to need somebody to help this summer. So maybe you can come out. Yeah, let me know. I love that. I'll let you know. And to our Those to kids our, shred. To our listeners those kids shred, that don't man. know what we're talking about, I do a, a like a music summer camp for kids. We put bands together. It's, it's pretty cool. Just check out uh, facebook.com forward slash Summer Camp if you want to check These it out. These
0: kids, like some of those kids, man, they outplay some adults that I know.
1: There's some kids that, that like kids that I'm teaching now that p- can outplay me. I might know more about theory, <laughs> and that's what I'm teaching them. But yeah, like yeah. these kids, they watch YouTube and they figure out a sweet pit can do all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, man, I have no idea what you're doing.
0: Well, I remember like I remember living with you and going through it. I mean, that's the I remember you and you know we would always talk about because you had a studio. The gals was on your property.
1: Yeah, I had a. Recording and I studio. remember,
0: I remember you and I would go out. And hang out in your studio and play guitar and track and like come up with song ideas and, and whatever not for anything just for for us and you going in and being like good do an augmented fifth and i'm like what the fuck is that and then you'd go in and like you basically broke everything down for me theory over probably the course of six months and you were quizzing me on it like this 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 and this and and it, i mean it really helped in the i mean in the long run i don't play guitar as often as i'd like but i mean it's definitely something to have under your belt for sure. well that's what
1: i've had kids before that are like you know why do i need lessons i just watch these youtube videos and i play all this stuff i'm, I'm like you don't need lessons but if you ever want to really understand your instrument and really know the building blocks you know like learn your intervals learn your scales learn like that's the stuff that's going to make you a better guitarist and if i wouldn't have done scales you know four or five hours a day when i was in high school i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing now i mean i just feel like kids want everything super easy nowadays.
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't want to put the work in, myself included. <laughs>
1: well, as <laughs> I get off, as cause... I get older, yeah, I want to I want things pretty, you know, immediate, but uh guitar is it's a hard instrument, you know. If you want to really do it right, you have got to put the work in. Okay, so we're getting off it's topic. True. This this is supposed oh, to be sorry, about sorry. <laughs> supposed to be about tour. No, I, I this this podcast is really about anything that I want it to be about. So it doesn't really matter. But um so yeah, so we did Warp tour. Uh there was some great times on that tour I mean we got to know the guys in Gallows really not my recording studio yeah. but the band Gallows which you know we got to, the lags played some songs with us and we yeah. got to know Lee who Lee the drummer from Gallows uh who is now in a great band called the Funeral Shakes he is going to be a future guest so shout out to Lee if he checks this nice. out Um, that that tour was great man I mean I remember Jake got a tattoo from Frank from the Gallows
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I remember that too
1: I mean, I'm trying to think about what else happened. Every, that, that tour, there was just so much that happened on that tour.
0: Um, I just remember a lot of, uh, like, I remember um, Aiden was on that tour.
1: Oh, yeah, because Will got up and did Misfits with us.
0: Well, I remember we, like, were sitting with Will one day at breakfast or something, and his hand was, like, covered in this super bloody rag. We were like, Will, what happened? He's like, I punched the clock on the stage. <laughs> And then, uh, Craig Owens, which, oh, yeah. um, saying, you know, saying a couple times, times, a couple shows,
1: um, Craig, hopefully is going to, going to be on this show. I've, uh, put the word out to him. So we'll see Craig, nice. if you're listening. Shout out. Uh, I, yeah, it was great when he got up and did uh San Demas with us. That was one yeah. of the best days of the tour. I think that happened here in Indiana, actually.
0: Yes. Because Aaron played guitar.
1: Yeah. Aaron, my stepbrother, Aaron played guitar and, uh, Chris and and Craig just kind of were crazy all over the stage. And that was the same day that that Will from Aiden did the Misfit stuff. Because I remember, like, I didn't even realize he was going to do it. And he just jumped in from the side of the stage like a monkey. It was crazy, man.
0: He would, like, hide up in the rafters like a vampire. and Nobody knew he was there. He would just swoop (laughs) in and grab a mic.
1: That was awesome. Yeah, that that (laughs) tour was great, man. I mean, did you – after that tour was over, you – when did you actually come to live with me? That's what I'm trying to remember because it's... it's Shortly kind of after.
0: Because um, that tour ended in June. Yeah. And I had hung out in Indiana that winter. And then... So this is... this is Okay, that's the end of 2009. And then 2010 was when I did... You got me that tour with Cowboy Angels, um, which was Joel Green and, and Dan and um, and Derek. who Derek drummed for like Joe Walsh, didn't he? <laughs> or something like...
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to fact check that I'm fact sure. check
0: that yeah, yeah i don't know maybe maybe it's just a you know maybe it's just a good story but um but i remember touring with those guys you hooked me up with a run with them and then i think i was actively staying with you throughout that time frame i was kind of going back and forth to pennsylvania but i was living in your spare room and mowing your lawn for rent <laughs> Um, we, I, we were I,
1: also, we were trying to start a promo. We were co- trying to open
0: a studio. We we're trying to move your studio.
1: We're trying to move the studio and we're trying to open up like a, a promo, like publicity company with our friend Jeff that just kind of never materialized. There was a lot of, there was a lot of big ideas that, that maybe just got left on the back burner.
0: <laughs> I mean, it could, it could have been good. It was a weird time though, man. There was just so much going on. And, but, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's for another podcast. <laughs>
1: that's for another podcast. Well, we've, uh, we're hitting close to an hour already, if you can believe that. Oh, wow. And I'm I'm trying to cap most of these. I mean, because, you know, the first few episodes, I don't want people to be like, well, a three-hour episode. So yeah, uh, no, I hear you. is there anything, I mean, that you can remember that just stands out like a story? It doesn't even have to be with me and involved. Just something from your musical career that kind of opened your eyes or just, you know either something that made you realize you're doing what you were meant to do or you're not doing what you were meant to do, anything like that from being on the road?
0: I don't think any of it clicked or like materialized for me as a career because I mean, now I work for a software company and I I cut hair on the weekends and I kind of have my hand in a couple things. Um, if, If something presents itself, I try to do my best to kind of step in and make myself available. I think for me at the time, because I was pretty young, the tour that I did with you guys was probably the most mature of a tour that I've ever done. And I mean that just because with pull the pin, I mean, you've met those dudes. They yeah. just, they're, they just, they want a party. And, yep. <laughs> um, and I just remember like with them, it was just a lot of crazy antics. Like one of my, one of my memories of touring with, with Brad was he went through the wall of a hotel, clean through a wall. Wow! Like, I think he was like jumping back and forth on the beds. I don't really remember. And he slipped and he went straight through the wall into the bathroom.
1: Did you guys have to like pay for that? Or did you just bail?
0: uh i I, well i mean i didn't pay for it
1: (laughs) well see and like Um, you you've known me a long time and you know that i'm not really a partier right like i don't really drink hard i mean i'm not like straight edge or anything i mean i just don't really drink and so like that and well the cool thing was like in the ataris nobody in that band really did a lot of partying you know right We all were kind of geeky, like just would do whatever. We just didn't do a lot of partying. I think that's since changed for a couple of the guys. But back in the day, there wasn't a lot going on. So when we would tour with bands that that was kind of their thing, I never really understood it because we didn't tour with Motley Crue. I mean, like if we we were touring with bands normally that were smaller than we were and I didn't want to have to pay for messing stuff up if I was drunk, so I can't imagine, like, other bands doing that.
0: Well, the thing is, man, and and, it, and it's it, – I have to, like – I, I kind of have to rewind. I I don't even think that we were drunk when this happened.
1: So it was just, like, I, goofing around?
0: It's just, like – I think we were just, like – it was probably one of those days where we were, like, super giddy because we could finally afford a hotel room. Yeah. And, you know – like, staying at somebody's house is super cool, but it's kind of nice to sleep in your own bed and not on a floor. And, I mean, it is what it is. I wouldn't trade any of those times for anything. But I think it was just one of those times where we were just super excited to finally have a hotel room or that we budgeted correctly for once and, you know. Do you remember there were a
1: couple times where out of – I don't know. if I'm not trying to, like, sound like a saint or anything. but there, Oh, yeah. You
0: got us hotel rooms?
1: There were a few times on that tour where I actually, out of my own pay, got you guys hotel rooms.
0: Yeah. I remember.
1: Because I didn't want you guys to have to sleep in the van.
0: Yeah, I remember that. You did that in Florida for us because it was like one of the hottest days of the year, and you're like, there's no way you're sleeping in a van.
1: I think it might have been in Gainesville or somewhere. Do you remember that? Somewhere close to Gainesville. It was somewhere in central Florida. I'm not really sure where, but I just remember there were so many times where, I mean, you guys were getting whatever you were getting paid. I can't remember what it was. I don't remember. But there were times where... I was just like, I'm not going to let these dudes sleep in their van. Like, we just played a sold-out show. <laughs> like, yeah, we had
0: this, like, uh, we had a 93 GMC Vandura. And uh, I, when Rob bought it, there were dead rats all over it, like, in it. And he was like, this is perfect. I'll take it. <laughs> and that thing was home. And, and it broke down every time we toured in it. We slept in it because there was, like, a full-down bed. It So it... it it loosely caught fire, and but what I mean by that, we were cruising on the highway the one day, and we smelled something burning. We're we're somewhere in Pennsylvania. We're coming. We were coming back from Long Island on our way to Cleveland, and we did everything in teams, so it was like Rob and I would drive, and you know, one of us would keep each other awake, and then Brad and Corey we would switch, and you know, every other tank of gas. I mean, you know how it is. And something was burning, and we pull over to some gas station, and the whole van fills up with smoke. <laughs> And we're like scrambling like to throw like I, I think he like we were still moving and he like slammed it in the park and we're jumping out and Corey's trying to like get his shoes on and Brad like pushes him out the van. The whole thing is like it's not engulfed, but it's it's filling up with smoke and we didn't know why. And on your I mean, on the podcast you talked you, you talked about um, your, your first episode, that guy on tour who like knows how to fix everything.
1: Yeah, I've always been lucky to have it, someone yeah. like that.
0: Like for us, that was Anthony from Pat and Pending. And we were on we were on tour with them, and we called them like because we didn't know what to do. He's like, "Here's what you're gonna do. you got gonna call AAA because they're from Long Island." So it's like thick accent, whatever. And they ended up showing up and, and helping us. We ended up towing the van back to the Poconos where we were from, <laughs> and jumping in with them. With them, but it's every every now and then because Brad Brad's a beer rep now, and he travels a lot. So every time he passes that gas station, we have a group text to this day, and we get a picture of that of that uh, that gas station. <laughs>
1: That was kind of the same thing with, I mean, you probably remember this, every time Brian or myself or Jake would be in Gallup, we'd always send out a group text, Gallup, yep. Gallup New Mexico.
0: I think over the years, I got a couple my, from myself from you guys.
1: <laughs> good times. That's awesome. Well, good Gavin, times. I want to say, man, it's been great having you on here. Um, as, just like with my first cast with Joel, you know, such a good friend of mine, you are as well. I feel like we could have a part two, a part three, a part four so oh we definitely can. <laughs> i i think we're probably going to do a part two uh so if you're in that i'll let you know the details on that and we'll come back yeah but, keep um, in the loop, i'd love to is there anything you'd like to promote i know you're not on facebook but like do you want to promote your twitter is there anything you know anything coming up in in the future you're doing musically or otherwise
0: probably not being honest <laughs> um uh i would i mean if i could throw a plug out there i just want to thank you know, some good friends. Thank you for, for bringing me out on tours. Thank the dudes in pen and Penning and, you know, for always taking me out and, and always thinking of me when I needed, you know, jobs or wanting to kind of get my feet wet and touring. So um, for me, it was all about who I knew. Yeah. I and, mean, that's,
1: I think that's how it is for everyone. It's yeah. all networking. And like I said earlier, don't say no to stuff yeah just say yes and then figure it out right
0: (laughs) you know and and even there's a lot of kids out there too that i mean i remember speaking to a lot of kids at rock and roll summer camp too that you know maybe maybe playing doesn't work for you but the business side does and that was definitely it it was it that was true for me yeah me too you know i just i took to the business side of it and, and and happened to like that more so i mean there's so many ways around it to stay involved maybe maybe it's tour managing maybe it's teching maybe it's booking, whatever it may be. So we
1: we put that emphasis so much in at camp with the kids too, because I tell the kids all the time, if you want a career in music or in the music industry, there are so many like outlets. You don't just have to be in a band. You don't just have to play music. There's so many other things you can do because I mean, you and I have never technically played in a band together, but we have, a history and i think of you as an equal <laughs> do you know what i'm saying i appreciate
0: that man thank you
1: well no, dude you're you're one of my best friends and like you were there when some of the biggest best stuff happened in my life man so thank you so much for being a part of it
0: absolutely man well you know hopefully we could do this again and i gotta get out to indy
1: yeah you gotta come see us man and i gotta get out there too i've not been to pennsylvania in a very long time you're not missing much. <laughs> You're not missing much in Indiana either. So, <laughs> well, hey, I, I just want to. I want to thank you. I hope to have you back on the podcast soon. And plus, I hope to just talk to you where people aren't listening.
0: Sounds good, man. I'll hit you up soon.
1: Okay, man. Love you like a brother. I'll talk to you soon, buddy.
0: Love you too, man. Long time. Talk to you soon. Bye.
1: And there it was, my conversation with Gavin Smith. Uh, thank you guys so much for checking it out. If nothing else, this podcast is a great excuse for me to talk to my friends and have someone listen to it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, next week on episode three, we're going to have very special guest, Mr. Ty Fury, uh, played guitar in the band Trapped. Yeah, the Headstrong guys. Headstrong, i take you on. Those guys. Uh, we met back on the Monsters of Rock cruise in 2013, Ty's a great guy, amazing guitarist, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to, to, you know, shoot the shit with him. So uh, I can't wait for next week. Uh, like us on all the social medias, TOTOT Podcast. Uh, review us in the iTunes store. And uh, thanks again. And I hope you guys are enjoying these. I'm going to keep putting them out. So uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.